0: Shay, Maria Tarasena, Tammy Wariner, Sharina Nadura, Sam Alcock, Maria Studio, John Hamilton, Rabbi Karen Honey, Masood, and Sanjay Lopez. Our executive director is Julie Crosby. Happy birthday, Brendan Allen. Hi, Goodman, with Juan Gonzalez.
1: When I first came to Brookhaven Town, hey, 9.1. There was no good music to be heard around. Hey, 9.1. Then one day I turned on the dial. Hey, 9.1. There I found music to make me smile. We we hey, I waited for a legal ID.
0: Hey, 9.1.
1: The DJ said WUSB. Hey, 9.1. They start each day with a rising sun. Don't ever finish till after day is done. So if you want good music to hear. There's a station in Stony Brook you ought to hear. So if you like the sounds, do take a look. At WUSB Stony Brook. And
2: this is WUSB Stony Brook. Operating at 90.1 FM, 107.3 FM, and to the entire world over WUSB.FM. It's currently 6 o'clock on a Tuesday evening. That can only mean one thing. It's time for Off the Wall. Good evening to everybody. The program is off the wall. Emmanuel Goldstein here with you, joined tonight by Kyle. Yes. How are you doing? Fine. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. It is Valentine's Day, Tuesday, February the 14th, 2023, the year that there was no winter in New York. Well, that's a discussion for another time. Uh, how, how are you this uh, this fine spring evening?
3: I'm um, faring, faring well, uh-huh. um, enjoying the blue skies and golden sunshine.
2: All along the way, yeah, but they're not blue now. It's, the sun has gone down, it's dark. It will, be, it will be light at some point fairly soon. Are we still enjoying it? Uh-huh. Yeah, you can enjoy things that have passed. Can't dispute that. Well, um, yeah, I, you know, I've been under the weather. I thought I had COVID, took a COVID test, don't have COVID, had something. I had something, but I don't know what it was. But, you know, when, when you feel down, when you feel under the weather, you should be able to just sort of cut yourself off. And that's what I did. I just walked away from everything, didn't check email, didn't check news. It felt good. And if you have that ability, if you're able to um, just sort of cut yourself off and, and just regather yourself, relax, uh, be alone with your thoughts, I think that's um, that's something minimal we all need to be able to have access to at all times. Well, not at all times, but when you need to, is what I'm saying. And uh, I think that's what what made me feel better.
3: Yeah, the sense of connectedness and being sort of hyper-social all the time isn't necessarily always healthy for uh, recuperating and uh, and, uh, having the energy that you need to uh, be that social.
2: Because, you know, people are always saying this has to be dealt with immediately. You've got to answer me right now.
0: Always with demands. If the I'm mans, like, yeah. a damn
2: fireman, okay, I understand the urgency of the situation or a paramedic or something like that, but, I, you know, I'm not. All right? So uh, give me some space. Let me just uh, regather myself, regroup, as it were, and, um, and everything will be fine. Yeah. Which is where we're heading now. Things are getting better, at least for me. Um, I don't know about the world. Um, okay, well let's let's start with a week ago, State of the Union.
3: That happened. That
2: happened. We saw it. We watched it
3: to the uh, to the jeering audience. There was jeering. Oh my God! Jeering
2: and cheering. <laughs> wow. I, I you know I could have predicted it. Wasn't that something? I could have predicted, but I didn't. I couldn't have predicted that much, that much stupidity, that much nonsense. And I also would have been cautious in predicting how well Biden handled it. You know, where, where he just basically met them head on. This is what Democrats never do: meeting the opposition head on, and 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 just giving it right back to them. And he did that. And yeah, the guy's eighty. You know, you should be so lucky at forty. All right, as long as somebody is able to do that, is making good decisions, appointing the right people, is signing the right bills. What more do you want? <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he he really uh, put Republicans in their in their place. Um, and- and I thought it was a good speech too.
3: Took those critiques in stride and used it um, rhetorically, mm-hmm. which uh, was yeah, that's a a, a deft ability there um, to be in that moment in the public speaking, uh, uh, high pressure, all the all the lights on you, as it were. But lots to say, lots to. Uh, uh hold them too i mean the accusation was over um i what was the i it, don't even know shutting down the government mike lee and a bunch of other it,
2: you know, social security and, yeah. and and medicare yeah shutting or or, or sunsetting it which is an accurate quote, an accurate summation of what some so even He, said, he dared
3: it, point it out.
2: It's not the majority, but it's some people in your party. Absolutely 100% accurate and getting all these. You're a liar. Cat calls a Marjorie Taylor Greene. How can she look even worse than she does the previous week? She manages it every she week. She asks
3: herself this every day.
2: Every week she, she's, she's able to you know, push the bar a step lower. <laughs> Oh, um, but in the end, I, th- I think uh, people saw a strong performance, and um, facts kind of uh, were on his side. And then uh, then we got to the uh, balloons. <laughs> well, I think the balloons were happening then, well, the first balloon was happening a week ago. Uh, and then there were other balloons. There were balloons over Alaska, there were balloons over uh, Yukon, There's a balloon over Lake Huron. Apparently, there's a lot of balloons up in the sky that we didn't know about or we didn't care about. But now, because everyone's freaking out about uh, these balloons up there, they're all getting shot down.
3: (sighs) I'm concerned people are going to get balloon fatigue.
2: Well, I already have balloon. Fati- I had balloon fatigue last week. You know, I, I, the whole thing seemed really kind of silly. What
3: would you say, like maybe overinflated?
2: Actually, yeah, yeah but you're funny. Uh, I'm, I'm sick of those jokes too. It was a week ago. He he had already uh, had it shot down a week ago. I remember we were talking about it a little bit, uh, but there have been at least at least three since then. And um, and now today, <laughs> I was I was hearing I think a, a press conference or something where. Basically, they're saying, well, now uh, uh Biden's being criticized for shooting them down too quickly, which is what he's doing because he didn't shoot the last one down quickly enough. So now he's trying to make up for it. In other words, there is nothing he can do that he's not going to get crap for. Nothing. It doesn't matter when he shoots something down or when he doesn't shoot something down. They're, they're just going to jump on him and say, uh, you did it wrong. Well, <laughs> you know, we still don't even know what these things are. In fact, did you see the New York Times? This is incredible. Um, this is an actual headline. Just
3: uh, let them make their over-synchronous <laughs> remarks.
2: The, the headline reads, A timeline of the UFOs that were shot down this weekend. <laughs> if, if you just picked up a paper and you saw that headline without knowing what was going on, boy, you know, I'd, be a, I'd be a little concerned. I'd be very, very concerned. But that's what they are, you unidentified flying objects. Um, and there has been some speculation that maybe they're not from the Earth. Uh, although honestly, folks, if um, if they were uh, if if alien races were were trying to contact us, I don't know if they'd send balloons. Although they did say uh, they were they were uh, spherical in shape or something or one wait of the Wait a ones. minute, wait
3: a minute. Now this, I kind of, I have, I have a problem with this because isn't that what we do? In other words, when we find planets in habitable zones and stuff, don't we send some kind of like? probe some kind well, of yeah, space send, satellite thing we say rovers to go we check it out oh rovers.
2: adorable little rovers hey, drilling holes in innocent planets do not knock the rover those uh, the rovers by the way there's a team of them and they're all on mars okay and 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 they they deal with adverse weather conditions they move slowly but they're meticulous
3: are there any red rovers
2: I don't know. It's, it, they're on the red planet, so probably. Yeah, ask yourself. Look, if if, if, if a rover is, if you see a rover in your neighborhood um, that you don't know where it came from, that's something to be concerned about. Um, but I wouldn't destroy it. I would report it and, you know, have the right authorities. My point, point
3: is you can't rule out um, beings from other worlds sending probes because that is exactly the kind of thing that we would do. We are always just hurling our junk out there. To, to show to all of these beings in other places, just totally carelessly, just, it, it's ridiculous. We don't even recycle the, the space um, objects that we send.
2: Now, okay, here's February 10th. A UFO is shot down off Alaska. The New York Times with these headlines. U.S. fighter jet brought down an unidentified object over the waters of Alaska. The object broke into pieces after being shot down. It was most likely not a balloon. That's according to the Defense Department. Uh, a White House official said the object was the size of a small car. Everything is, is, is measured in terms of vehicles. It's either three school buses or one car or a motorcycle or a tricycle or, or, or something like that. Um, a UFO is shot down over Canada. American F-22 fighter downed an object of the Yukon Territory, which borders Alaska. Uh, the object, which a Canadian official described as cylindrical and smaller than the spy balloon, was picked up on radar late Friday as it passed over Alaska. Uh, And then, finally, a UFO was shot down over Lake Huron. That's um, two days ago. Uh, An object that first appeared over Montana on Saturday reappeared the next day. It disappeared, and then it reappeared, uh, before being shot down over Lake Huron off Michigan. The object, which was flying at about 20,000 feet, had an octagonal structure
3: Octagonal?
2: With octagonal? I'm sorry, I don't use that word every day. That's the way I would octagonal? say Octagonal?
3: You can say the whatever, whatever way you want.
2: We're Americans, you can't talk that way to us. All octagonal? Right. All right, fine. Uh, an octagonal structure with strings hanging off it, but had no discernible payload. You know, another one they described as they didn't know how it was staying in the air. <laughs> they didn't understand how it was flying. They, they, It wasn't a balloon. It didn't seem to have an engine. Okay, what's going on here, folks? Tell us. I mean we 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 we've lived through a lot we can we can handle it we really can
3: sadly, I have very low expectations for um real honesty about any of these incidents maybe maybe the ones that have sort of an international diplomatic intrigue well, with in in the uh the first one, but I just feel like there's all this speculation and then oh it's hard to get. To, and I feel like there will be like classified and unclassified a- accounts of it, and the public information will be as stupid as this initial reporting, and whatever's, um, said behind closed doors will just have to trust that whomever has been elected and is in a position to hear that, um, will. will uh, be able to judge and and, uh, represent us based on their impression of that information. But I really – I feel like this is all just going to get dead-ended. It has not been um, very well articulated. There's been a lot of um, time that has been needed Mm -hmm. to to get to these sites, and and I don't know, I just feel like it just – you shouldn't say anything initially because we just don't we didn't know anything and it just gets more outrageous as time goes on because there's no official account so we absolutely should wait but i feel like there's going to be this threshold where people will just move on to the next sports event and and uh and and these actual findings behind this will be sort of quietly talked about in, in various circles and then just sort of ignored for, for all time.
2: Well, you know, if I had my way, I'd, I'd be releasing a whole bunch of uh, helium balloons right now just to cause a ruckus you know, <laughs> on eastern Long Island or something. But uh, I understand there's a helium shortage, so that's that's something that, that would be irresponsible.
3: But just imagine if they overreacted, well, okay, so are they going to admit that? Oh, yeah, we all these, like... People that sent up their like papier-mâché craft or whatever well, their what, little crafting projects that's to, what I, to
2: fool us. That's what I'm thinking. Is and I we, mean, how do we know that all the things that are floating above our land are foreign? How do we know that it's not the guy down the street well, who just decided to you know send the lawn chair up into the air?
3: And think of the 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 of the way the response has to be evaluated. Like, do do you? create a deterrence, mm-hmm. so you make the cost of sending things that are high-value high, um, high value intelligence crafts or whatever, whatever purpose it's being sent for, do you create a situation where it's very expensive to do that because every time it shows up, it gets shot down? That's one kind of deterrence, but then there's a sort of the flip, which has already been used with these sanctimonious uh, uh, sort of partisan critiques of of how and how soon the the takedowns of these things has been, but if you're taking down a lot of errant stuff that's either actual um, sort of adversarial advers- adversarial entities testing your re- response and and uh, radar sensitivities, um, having us shoot at those tests or shoot at errant objects like people's crafts or something. Um, uh, makes it incredibly expensive to be um, sending up uh, warplanes and and uh, firing you know pr- precision ammunition well, and so people forth. People
2: can send their crafts up there. I don't know why it's but so hard ins- for us to get up there to, to to bring it down.
3: But that itself becomes a, a an incredible high incredibly high cost to sort of police this activity. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to overreact, but you also don't want to underreact. Think, it's like this weird. You
2: know, it's our nature to shoot things down. why don 't we capture one of these things instead? I mean, the latest ones have been twenty thousand feet, so that 's you know within the uh, the altitude that uh, planes can get to. I know it 's not uh, the easiest thing in the world to do, but I sure want to know, and i 'm sure many people want to know what are these things or what's at least one of these things so instead of just uh, shooting them down and I heard today after hearing that uh, they're probably going to recover these items that, now maybe we won't recover anything, and you'll never know what these That's were. That's what I'm
3: saying. That's where it's like, oh, it, it gets super it, weird, and then it gets that, even weirder. Yeah, because
2: believe me, the conspiracy <laughs> theories are going to come out of the woodwork, all right? Is if you don't want that to happen, capture one of these things, and let's see what they are, and, uh, you know, you can build whoever was responsible.
3: There will be a myriad of reasons why that won't happen. I mean, 20,000 feet to operate and get close to something that could be you don't even know what it is. It mm-hmm. could be something that could react quickly or at high velocity, or maybe it could, um, uh, uh, combust in some way that you, you can't predict, like running up with a little, with a giant butterfly net and like trying to run off with it is, yeah. y- you don't know. What if it goes in the other direction very quickly and you have no idea how it works that, that kind of, um, uh, uh, operation in, in mid, in mid flight is kind of, um, uh, Involved and complex. I don't know. It's, it's not that easy. Can a private plane get to twenty thousand feet? Um, depends on what type. General aviation usually goes to around ten or twelve thousand. Mm, okay. I think after ten thousand, you have to offer oxygen, and beyond that. Uh, you have to offer oxygen. Beyond that, most planes, I think, are pressure oxygen.
2: Like, <laughs> oxygen is available if you want, yeah, if to, you're if in you want a, to buy it from us? If
3: you're in a general aviation, like, <laughs> single-engine aircraft, like, like, at a certain altitude, the air is so thin, like, wow. as though you were mountain climbing or something. But... um but beyond that, like, between, I think, 10 and 20, you start getting into, like, having pressurized airplanes. I just want
2: some hotshot pilot will just go up there on his own and say, hey, I got it for you, and, and you know, show it to everybody. Like some barnstormer, like, yeah, crop-dusting exactly.
3: hotshot,
2: like, ace. Some guy just, who's pretty much just had enough, yeah. you know, and, and wants to wants to impress Jessica down the road. And, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. Something's going to happen. And there, there, believe me, there are movies being planned right now. Lots of them. Speaking of movies, we pulled out from our archives this film called Without Warning. They right aired, at the same time. Well, no, that's why we pulled it out. No, because it's was happening. It's about um, a, a, a weird asteroids that are, are, are coming for Earth, it, it's, but it's... They're geometrically uh, the same. It, it, it's very interesting story. but it, They're it's, coming it's
3: 90 degrees to the pole, and then they split. Don't give yeah, away the whole film, then then Kyle. Split and then they don't
2: give you, giving away the You're into the second half now. Look, uh, it's, it, it's done in the form of a newscast. And, of course, they have these annoying things saying, this is not really happening. Uh, it was um, the anniversary of War of the Worlds. It aired on, I believe, October 30th, uh, 1994, which was a Sunday, the day before Halloween. And it's, you know, parts of it were done really well. Parts of it were painful as far as overacting. But it really is an interesting story. So if you can track it down without warning, it's uh, I happen to have a recording of it from the day it aired. But I think it might be on DVD or something like that. So it's uh, it, it, if, you're, if you're into the balloons and possibly shooting down uh, things you're not supposed to shoot down, this is a fun film to watch.
3: Or maybe you just uh, are a fan of crisis coverage, because it pretty much nails that oh, genre. Yeah. The yeah. genre of like... Uh, 24-hour news uh, crisis coverage.
2: But keep in mind, 1994. It was a little bit different. Then. It was
3: novel, yeah. yeah. It was a, a, a sort of um, breaking ground in, 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 um, and much in the, the spirit of uh, or uh, War of the Worlds, as you said, and, mm-hmm. and
2: uh, some
3: of those broadcasts.
2: We had the Super Bowl on Sunday. Remember, that happened a couple of days ago. <laughs> um, Kansas City versus Philly. I watched that. Yeah. Okay, you know what? I got some things to say. It was a good game, you know, because uh, it kept going back and forth. Didn't know who was going to win until the end. And this is the problem I have with American football, is how you can just make the clock run out and do these artificial things. I consider it cheating. I can't find anybody else who feels this way. Everyone's like, oh, what a great game. Went down to the last second. No, it didn't go down to the last second. Literally, Kansas City had the, uh, had the opportunity to score a touchdown, and they deliberately didn't. They fell on the football on the one-yard line with about 30 seconds left in the game. Could have been really exciting, but no, they fell on the football. And the reason they did that was because if they scored a touchdown, then there'd still be 30 seconds left for Philadelphia to possibly score a touchdown too. So by by basically cheating, I consider it cheating, even though it's playing by the rules, They instead kicked a field goal, but took their sweet-ass time setting up the field goal so that there were only about six seconds left, and that wasn't enough time, even with timeouts all over the place, for anyone to score, and that's how the game ended. It's not the only time that happens in American football. I've seen plenty of instances where, you know, people are hiking the ball and they fall on it artificially to make time go, and look, football's bad enough as it is. Because the time is going to run out, and you know there's no way that uh, certain teams can, can score enough points, unlike sports like baseball, where anything can happen, really. You know, as long as one person gets a hit, another person gets hit after that, doesn't matter. There's no clock to run out. Soccer has a very set time format, but still, it's possible for teams to catch up. And when, when you have teams that, um, uh, work together to uh, have a tie, it's awful, it's considered bad sportsmanship, and that happens sometimes in, in tournaments, where both teams realize if we tie, we'll both go through to the next stage, that has happened in the World Cup, that's the reason why they play certain games at the exact same time, so they don't have that opportunity, in football though, it seems to be, American football it seems to be celebrated as part of the game, and I just think it's really, really not a good look, it's, it's, it's bad sportsmanship, it's, um, it's lazy, it's I think
3: you're right, but I think that part of it is understanding the game and the strategy and the possibility for those kinds of, um, I guess, game uh, situations where you're gaming the clock a little bit. And it's about anticipation. Are, are teams anticipating that and making moves to not get in those situations? But I'm not going to defend it any more than that.
2: So. Look, they have penalties for delay of game. Delay of game penalty, if you don't – like, if, I don't understand the rules. If you don't so. start a play within a certain amount of time, delay of game, you, and you lose yards because of that. But this, you're delaying the game. You're you're making the clock uh, uh, do what you want it to do. Uh, you're not playing by the rules, as far as I'm concerned.
3: What about that thing where uh, the player was going to to touch down? And is that the same thing?
2: <laughs> the, play, <laughs> the play. like was what, going like, a, to, like an
3: airliner. Or they gonna, stopped. Um, their uh, score uh-huh. so that they could maintain possession. Is that the same situation? The that players the
2: stopped score? their score so they could maintain... Okay, right. yeah, it that, just no, make me right. sound dumb. That's why, yeah. I just
3: described So that. I didn't even understand it when it happened. I literally yeah.
2: just described that. I said he stopped yeah. at the one-yard line that did not score the touchdown because if he had done that, then the clock would have stopped at that point and, and Philadelphia would right, have had right. a so, full 30 seconds to score a touchdown. I mean, isn't so that part you... of the game? Isn't that the excitement? Can they do that in 30 seconds?
3: Exactly. Yeah, you. It does change the tenor of it. I mean, it's not as miraculous, especially when you saw the coverage afterwards. Some of the local like um, uh, headlines of it were pretty laudatory when it was it was in the bag before um, those last plays. So, um, yeah, when it happened though, you anticipated. You saw it, and I had no idea because I don't know the rules that well. So yeah, <laughs> I guess so it goes.
2: Well, we got wings this year, and we didn't have to wait an hour and a half for them. Uh, because we did it the right way we didn 't go we 're not going to name chain we 're not going to name the chain that really did a bad job last year and had everybody show up at the same time. We went to the chain that knows what it 's again it 's about clocks <laughs> it 's about setting things you know making time your friend. We did well enough though I think we still have some thirty some seconds spare ones. we do so thirty we seconds some, we walked in and walked out That's, it was it was that simple
3: we got some yeah. leftovers, but uh, enough enough uh, wing talk
2: yeah enough wing, well there wasn 't really much wing talk, but regardless. Um, Okay, uh, what do we have here? This is an interesting story. I, th- I think you might uh, find this rather fascinating. Um, there's a proposal in Kings Park. That's just to the west of where we are in Stony Brook. Um, they're proposing a freight rail facility uh, in Kings Park uh, to haul incinerator ash and construction debris off of Long Island. Now, you, you might, if you're familiar with the island, uh, there's an industrial area there, sand pits and all kinds of whatnot that they're... You know, doing in that area or have been doing for decades. Uh, and having, the, um, um, having a, a freight line there uh, would basically keep a lot of trucks from going through. Now, the plan is awaiting review by a federal rail regulator. Uh, it has support from some local businesses and elected officials, uh, including Smithtown Supervisor Edward Weirheim. Um, they say it's um, uh, one of the few practical solutions to the looming waste crisis. Yes, there's a looming waste crisis, and the town, other municipalities are facing this because in 2024, next year, the Brookhaven Landfill will be closing, and that's the current destination for the town's ash. Yeah, do you ever ask where your town's ash goes? Well, <laughs> if you're in this area, your ash goes to the Brookhaven Landfill. The Brookhaven Landfill is going to be closing next year, so therefore your ash is going to have to go someplace else. And how do you think that ash is going to get there? by truck, lots and lots and lots of trucks, or one freight train a day. As you can imagine, the uh, local neighborhood is up in arms about this because they don't want a train. They want lots of trucks. Oh, my God, what is wrong with Long Island? Neighbors and civic groups say those who live near the proposed site between Old Northport Road and Sunken Meadow State Parkway uh, which is an area already marked by heavy industry incinerators and capped landfills. So you're already in an area with all of that. Um, they should not have to bear daily lumbering freight trains, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> in recent weeks, the town has posted a fact sheet about the proposal to its website, and residents have entered a flurry of comments into the public record. It's, uh, it's probably uh, entertaining to read. Look. <laughs> the, the train tracks run past there anyway for the Long Island Railroad. You have lumbering commuter trains constantly. One freight train a day, as opposed to, I don't know how many trucks it'll take to uh, do a what lot. a freight train does. A yeah. Lot. Uh, think this through. It, you know, there's much nibbyism here. And um, uh, let's just listen to a, a couple of statements here. Here's Michelle Vitaggio Between the pollution of it all and the noise, it's going to be terrible. Okay, um, businessman Toby Carlson, uh, who operates a waste transfer facility at the 82-acre site, uh, is the one who submitted plans to the transportation board for f- uh, 5,000 feet of track off the Long Island Railroad Port Jefferson Rail Line. Um, the, um, this rail line would eliminate thousands of truck trips now made to and from his site each year. Thousands of truck trips. So how I just I cannot get into the heads of people that are opposed to one freight train a day maybe two as opposed to thousands of truck trips a year I'm I'm trying to do the division in my head but it's 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 a, a it's a lot of uh it's like 10 truck, truck trips a day that's more pollution I think more noise and more of a threat because you know People get run over by trucks because they don't see them coming. Uh, Train tracks, you pretty much have the warning right there. In September, federal officials granted Carlson's request uh, for an environmental assessment of the proposal instead of a more rigorous and time-consuming environmental impact statement. A draft is expected to be released this spring. In January, the board opened a proceeding to decide on Carlson's request for a streamlined authorization to build and run the rail line, Proceedings can last up to nine months. Uh, Now, it still faces years of local environmental review, zoning, and and permitting, so the uh, rail line would not be operable immediately following the landfill's scheduled closure. Um, Town officials once concentrated sand mining and other heavy industry in the old Northport Road area. In recent years, they've encouraged cleanup and diverse new uses, including a solar farm, which people were opposed to as well, planned soccer complex and a daycare center, uh, with proper oversight, a rail facility could fit that new vision while addressing the town's waste problem, he said. We in government are going to have to come up with a remedy, and there are going to be people who don't like the remedy, says the uh, Suffolk um, or Swift town supervisor, Edward uh, Weirheim. Uh, we will insist on the applicant doing what we need to do so the environment is safe and residents are protected. But Linda Henninger, a local civic leader, warned that Carlson's proposal did not rule out the possibility of more train traffic in the future. She said the site is, is dangerously close to homes. Yeah, but the site is already there. The site is already an industrial site that has all kinds of activity. And, you know, when, when, when trains are coming to pick up um, um, ash, they're not going at high rates of speed. They're basically pulling up, getting the ash, and leaving. Uh, She says there are homes, backyards, and kids' play sets within 500 feet. No way did anyone move into this area thinking they were going to be living behind a diesel rail yard. Yeah, but you did know you were going to be living in back of a sand pit and all the other things that they do there. I just, I I cannot understand the logic.
3: And doesn't the design have, like, covered buildings?
2: Uh, As far as I know, yeah. uh, David Tongues, a Stony Brook University researcher who studies solid waste management, said the dispute illustrate... Uh, illustrated the uh, uh, vicissitudes. Well, that's a good college word there. I I might be leaving out a syllable, but I I don't know how to insert it. Vicissitudes of environmental justice, even in one of the most prosperous towns on Long Island. It's better to have organized waste management than to dump haphazardly, but that stuff has to go somewhere and somebody's going to be impacted. Can we just make a smart decision for once, you know? It it, it really... uh, it boggles my mind.
3: People don't like discussing their waste and where to put their waste yeah, and how to handle the their waste. The
2: waste is there regardless.
3: It's really weird if you think about it. Like, landfills, the whole concept, it's its crazy.
2: It's not about the landfill because the landfill is worth closing. Right. It's about getting the ash. And uh, Don't ask me how the ash. No, but, okay, I don't know what they're doing. The to incinerators. Make the ash, how about they, that?
3: That's crazy. They
2: need to get all of that out of there. And they need to do it every day. And the question is, do you want a bunch of lumbering trucks or do you want a freight train? I and mean, the answer is just so obvious. What I, pollutes less? And, you know, you can convert the um, uh, the freight line to electric if they ever electrify the uh, the Port Jefferson line, which there's, there's a big move to do that now. And I really, really hope that the, uh, the MTA adds that into their, uh, their, their planned projects this year. This is the year where they're going to either decide to do it, or not to do it. They're electrifying everywhere. In Massachusetts and um, uh, throughout the country, um, commuter lines are being electrified. Out here, in the Stony Brook area, we're still on diesel. There's no reason for that. Other lines have have uh, um, uh, third rails for, for electric trains. You get to the city much, much faster. You don't have to switch in Huntington.
3: It would be quieter.
2: Much quieter. Uh, there wouldn't be diesel fumes everywhere. So let's push for that, you know? I mean, there's no reason why the people who are complaining about the freight train wouldn't want an electric line. I'm sure they'll find a reason, but it it just makes sense, you know, and um, it it definitely has an effect on, on communities, on, on the prosperity. People can easily get to your town.
3: It really should be a priority to think through some of these industrial areas and what they will be for all time. You know, do you want it to be... A landfill for all time, or at some point they decided, you know what, we cannot keep filling this forever. Um, so, if this uh, ash has to go somewhere, this this alternative seems like at least uh, a temporary solution for the next period of time until we transform and create something anew in these areas, mm-hmm. and maybe come up with uh, some solutions to prevent these waste streams in the first place. Yeah. But you've got to evolve, people.
2: um, You know, on Long Island, we really don't have freight trains, but most of the country does. And um, it's just part of life. And it's a good part of life because you're taking a lot of trucks off the road, a lot of traffic. And um, it's 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 mostly a safe way of traveling. Of course, this is probably a bad week to say that based on the... Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, derailment that, uh, Amy was talking about earlier.
3: Crazy. Uh, vinyl chloride. Yeah. And a whole bunch of other chemicals, gases and stuff. It's terrible, terrible right. stuff.
2: And that is a result of, um, of, of deregulation of a bit.
3: Yep. It's benefited,
2: the, the one of the rail companies. And that has to be stopped.
3: That precision, um, rail, rail, uh, scheduling, uh, system that basically just reduces, um, the, the amount of workers the reduces the labor force that's supervising and, uh, you know, that then, and then that coupled with, um, timing and scheduling that, that increases the likelihood of accidents by making longer trains. It's, it's incredible to hear that story right before a show and I just, I hope that people realize the uh, connections between these things and that these, these regulations are dealt with um because you you cannot just um pollute every continue to pollute um uh, in in the name of of uh, uh the bottom line of shareholders
2: no i mean don 't think for a second because we support uh, freight rail that we support irresponsible freight rail because uh you know if if you attach a responsibility to anything you're you're going to have disasters and that is what we are seeing here and and that absolutely cannot happen that that's uh that's uh, a, a terrible thing for everybody. Well, the
3: railroad is regulated by the federal government, so I mean mm-hmm. it's important to to uh, have standards and, and make sure that these things are built and maintained the right ways.
2: And of course, uh, they won't be transporting that kind of material uh, in this area. That, that's something we should to, to, to raise objections to. You know, when people object to nuclear waste being uh, <laughs> transported through their town, yeah, I get that. I really understand that. I don't know. I just don't understand logic sometimes. Yeah, Yeah,
3: exactly. Like open-top rail cars full of coal.
2: Okay, so we had another mass shooting yesterday in Michigan. Is anybody surprised? Is anybody really surprised? Police identified the 43-year-old man who killed three students, wounded five at Michigan State University. Wow, Um, so it
3: was an an adult that just showed up and decided to... Did they were they a staff member in any way, they had no affiliation? no
2: affiliation and, just uh, showed up had mental health issues, but had access to guns. Of course he had access to guns because you know what It's easier to get access to guns than to get a happy meal in this country. I swear to God we are sick
3: or a therapist
2: and and, and you know I, I, I got to say this if um if this guy you know a week ago, Marjorie Taylor Green would have advocated for this guy to have access to more weapons than what he had. Absolutely, 100%. Yesterday, she would have said that, despite the mental health issues that this guy was obviously showing. Because that's what they do. That's what these people do who want to inflict their gun-loving mania on the rest of us. It's a sickness, and we are all feeling it. And it's, it's just complete nuts that we have to live in a society where kids have to go through metal detectors just to go to school, where everybody lives in fear of, of, of mass shootings, where 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 kids regularly go into lockdown as as a normal training exercise. This is not how we're supposed to be living. This is not normal.
3: It's a really immature backlash on their behalf, I'd say.
2: It's it's well the backlash needs to come from us. Well, uh, but so the it's backlash, a backlash
3: about the backlash. There
2: hasn't been enough of a backlash from people who are opposed to this kind of thing. I feel like we're just accepting it. Like, oh, that's just the way America is. It doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to live in that kind of society. It's got nothing to do with a Second Amendment or, and, and what that stands for. Okay? In the 1700s, it was a very different world. All right? And if if you had the kind of weaponry from the 1700s now... I don't think you'd have the problems that you have right now. We understand we can't have tanks. We understand we can't have cannons. We understand that we can't build our own nuclear bombs, okay, even though we feel that under the Second Amendment it applies, right? Why not? You know, uh, uh, basically uh, we're part of a well-regulated militia, right? Except the militia is not well-regulated. There is no militia at all. It's just basically a free-for-all.
3: In your head. It's in your head.
2: It's not in my head. It's in their head. Kyle, it's in their head. This is a sickness that Republicans and conservatives basically are, are, have been have been selling to us. I'd say a fetish, more like. It's, whatever it is, it's killing people, okay? Big time. It's, I mean, it's not funny. It's, it's, it's really a sickness that is killing kids and people all over the country, and we're just accepting it. We are just accepting it. We, we should not accept it. I mean, what's it going to take? A mass shooting in Congress, is that the only way they're going to wake these people up? Because I really feel like they're not going to listen to anything else. They don't care about your kids. You know, that's the anniversary of Parkland. None of those lives mattered at all to these people. They don't care. If, if their lives mattered, then something would have changed. Something would have happened. They would have done something. They did nothing. Not a thing. And the majority of people don't want this. majority of people aren't irresponsible. This is just to um, just to, 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 to make a, a small set of people happy and prosperous and to make the rest of us live in fear so they can profit even more. But um, if you think anything's going to change, no. Not with the present mood. The mood has to change. We have to get a lot angrier and a lot less scared. I don't know what it's going to take, because every week something like this happens. What, it's, it's the 69th mass shooting? And that's only if you define mass shootings in a particular way. If you define it in a different way, it's hundreds.
3: Yeah, it's more than three people, I think.
2: Look, go back to the 1950s or the 1940s. And tell me how many mass shootings under whatever definition there were back then. Same country, you know, same basic violence inherent in the system. But uh, what could be different? How about not having guns everywhere like we do now? How about that? It is the guns. Anyone who tells you otherwise is lying or really, really stupid. <sighs> so that's all I can say about that. You know, This time it was Michigan, where it's fairly easy to get a gun. But not as easy as Florida, where, hey, you don't even need a permit to do a, a concealed carry. The guy who, um, who uh, perpetrated this yesterday was arrested for having a gun without a concealed carry permit. And in Florida, they just got rid of the concealed carry permit. That's how they respond to things like this. They respond to things like this by wearing lapels that honor the gun, the AR-15. Did I get that right? Yeah, instead of the, instead of the kids that died. That's what they care about. These people are sick. They need to be driven out. They need to feel the fear. They really do. That the rest of us are feeling. That they think their guns can protect them against. We need to let them know, it's not going to help you. We really, really need to do something about this. Or, we do nothing. And we say, hey, that's just a part of being American. You know, take odds on whether your kid will come home today. That's the world we we choose to live in. It is a choice. Don't let the Second Amendment garbage fool you. It's got nothing to do with the Second Amendment. And I think the Second Amendment is is clear, as 17th century language, or I'm sorry, 18th century language can be, that a well-regulated militia is important to protect people. Yeah, kind of left that part out, all the... All the gun zealots out there, they don't talk about that.
3: Who regulates it, if it's well-regulated?
2: Well, nobody regulates it right now, I'll tell you that.
3: Well, that's, I think, the first thing to ask. Uh It's well-regulated, and, you know, that's the auspices under which you're owning and uh, maintaining your arsenal. Then uh, tell me more about how you're regulated.
2: It was was somewhat sane before Reagan. You know, it, it, it was not like this.
3: Well, these models and the velocities and everything, it just it wasn't the same kind of hardware, even though they're trying to say, oh, nothing's changed. It's it's like a musket.
2: Yeah, it's not like a musket. No, it's not. (laughs) Give people a damn musket, okay? I I, I won't complain. And, and yeah, I'm I'm sick of this argument that, oh, yeah, you know, knives are dangerous, too. Are we going to ban knives? Well, you know, if you come up with a plan (laughs) on on how uh, to uh, uh, keep knives out of the hands of maniacs, you know, I'll listen. But knives are definitely not guns. There's a reason when we go to war, we don't send people with kitchen knives to the front. There's a reason they use guns.
3: Well, there, there's a limit to the lethality of a, a person using a knife in a in a crime. These right. These machines are, as you said, meant for the battlefield, designed for situations that you would encounter on a battlefield, not hunting, not in in other situations, specifically that, and therefore with even with uh, other hardware and know-how and, and gunsmithing can become even more lethal, and mm-hmm. that is the crux of this. And to not to try to gloss over that distinction is is I guess I, I don't know. I think it's it's the equivalent of, of sanctioning a lot of this violence, and you got to understand this this permissiveness and access is also running in conjunction with a lot of politically motivated hate and hate speech and um, politically motivated violence, and that's, that's a really bad recipe.
2: I like that you use the word permissiveness because that's exactly what it is. It's permissiveness. That's a word that's usually flung in our direction. You know, when it comes to um, not imprisoning people for their entire lives, for minor infractions and things like that, you're too permissive. No, we're too permissive in allowing the, the, the gun lobby to run rampant over our democracy that 's permissiveness you know and and, and, and it 's it's something that is tearing the country apart you know i, I 've been following the um, the news in Canada uh, where there is a, um, a a gun bill there that uh, Trudeau tried to um, um, push forth it 's running into some difficulty because hunters are pushing back, saying, you know we, we can 't uh, lose our guns for hunting it 's a rational argument you know it 's actually sane where basically I'm listening to these people and saying, yeah, that's reasonable. You, you live out in the Yukon or whatever. You probably should have something to protect yourself against bears. Or if you're going hunting, yeah, it makes sense. But nobody there is saying, I need an AR-15. They're not saying that. They're saying, no, we don't want to give this up. And people are listening. It's an actual civil dialogue, and they're making progress, just like they did in Australia, United Kingdom, Japan, all these countries where they don't have gun violence, and yet they still have democracy. Imagine that. And you know, even if, boy, we're going to go over our time. Even if I'm already
3: thinking of like a hypothetical (laughs) too.
2: Even if the Second Amendment clearly said, "Emmanuel, (laughs) address me directly," uh, people can have whatever damn guns they want, uh, uh, up to any caliber, any any rounds per second or whatever, and that's just the way it is. Signed, Thomas Jefferson. Even if it said that, I would say, okay, then you know what. It's time to do what so many other countries do on a regular basis. Update the damn Constitution. And update it for the present period. But it doesn't say that. So there's no need to do that. Although there are plenty of amendments that uh, we certainly don't care about anymore. I don't really have it in front of me. But if we went through the amendments, I'm sure you'd find a lot of them no longer apply. Okay. Okay. Terrible day, though. Terrible day once again. And there will be more terrible days.
3: Yeah, remain vigilant. Check on people. I don't know. um, Talk to your Congress people. Talk to uh, groups that are organizing around some of these issues and Having discussions, maybe divergent discussions? Yeah,
2: call lalota, He's our, our Congress guy now. And, and, and find out his... I don't know what his position is. He hasn't said anything, as far as I know. And and find out if he if he supports banning assault weapons or uh, assault-like weapons, whatever you want to call or them. Or at least what is. And solution. then if he doesn't, that's when we condemn him. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Uh, you know, just one more thing to get outraged about before we uh, go tonight. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but um, uh, abortion rights—we know abortion rights have, have uh, you know, fallen by the wayside because of uh, uh, of uh, the Supreme Court and um, the results of elections. Remember, we keep voting for these things. We, the American people, keep voting for this nonsense, even though the majority of us don't want it. In this particular case. Um, uh, U.S. District Judge Matthew Kasmerick from the Northern District of Texas somehow has the power to order the Food and Drug Administration to pull a pill used in medication abortions off the market nationwide. Of course, he's a Trump appointee, worked for a Christian conservative legal group. And um, uh, this is a drug that was approved by the FDA more than 20 years ago to terminate pregnancies up to 10 weeks, taken with a second medication, uh, misoprostol I believe the the uh, regimen is highly effective uh, more than half of the women who terminate their pregnancies in the United States do so via medication abortion uh, a process that has taken on increasing significance in a post row world where regulations on abortion are left up to the states but this, if this guy decides that it somehow is wrong it's going to be banned nationwide even in New York you won't be able to get that that drug in New York. And you want to appeal it? Okay. <laughs> if, uh, if if you wind up appealing it, it's going to go to an appeals court that is primarily Trump appointees. So it's likely that'll lose. You know, I'm, I'm not saying we're at the stage where buildings need to burn, but boy, it's <laughs> it's going to get there at some point. If you keep doing this to people, if you keep taking away their rights and, and saying, your opinion means nothing, and despite the fact that we're the minority, we're going to get our way every single time, you're going to have a situation like you have in many parts of the world. We watch it on the news all the time, where people are pushed only so far. And this, panning an essential drug?
3: Yeah, and the, their daughters are buying it in the back alleys on the street corners. It's disgusting. Under the table, because they can't get it anywhere else. This is This
2: is, again what we voted for. Elections have consequences, and uh, we are certainly seeing that over and over and over again. Okay, good news. More dispensaries are opening. There's a, um, another dispensary in, in New York City. Uh, there's now three in New York City. They're all below 14th Streets for some reason, uh, and there is one in Binghamton, New York, and that's it for the state so far. So now there are four dispensaries in the entire state. Nothing on Long Island. Hopefully something on Long Island soon, as soon as we find out where on Long Island um, cannabis dispensaries will be opening.
3: I'm not impressed.
2: I'm not impressed either because I'm I'm impressed with what has opened so far. I'm impressed with with the way that nonprofits are benefiting and people who have convictions for marijuana-related offenses in the past are benefiting from this. That's great. But you guys gotta step it up a bit. you know this is insane. How long ago was it Was it legalized <laughs> you know and 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 it 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 shouldn't be so so difficult. it shouldn't be something and 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 nationwide too, it really needs to be um a, a nationwide uh, legalization to make things a bit easier. You have to basically pay in cash uh it's It's really hard for um uh, people running the business to uh Uh, to basically uh, navigate all the rules and regulations. Even if you're going from one state to another where both states have legalized marijuana, it's illegal to go between states. Silly things like that predominate. And, you know, if we just get to the stage where this is a part of life, we stop being afraid of it and realize that it does not harm people nearly the same way as as, uh, alcohol does, and there are many, many benefits I don't know of the medicinal benefits to to uh, alcohol. In fact, in Canada, they, they just said that <laughs> any amount of alcohol is bad for you. I think that might be going a little far, but certainly alcohol is worse for you than, than marijuana ever was.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we've um, got grown-ups that have uh, uh, been around this substance for uh, uh, quite a while who, you know, maybe don't need as much of a... Um, help getting started and oriented with this process, and um, you know, it's very uh, laudable and uh, wonderful to see the initiatives. I think the latest place that opened fifty percent of uh, the profit uh, goes to the uh, organization. That is uh, behind it, the nonprofit behind it, and then that's being broken up, and, and, and the tax revenue is broken up in similar ways. I was just listening to the the media uh, coverage of it, and that's exciting stuff. But at the same time, it just the access is still very hard to um, to nor to feel like it's normal, mm-hmm. and in in many ways, um, you know, that will be much easier if, uh, if there was a wider availability and it wasn't such a, a rigmarole of like scheduling and hours and zoning and stuff.
2: Okay uh, we have to close with this story from Alabama. More than 200 students walked out of class at a high school after they were told by school leaders to omit certain relevant events from an upcoming student-led Black History Month program. Uh, school officials have denied the allegations even while acknowledging the need for students' concerns to be heard. Students have said they were ordered to leave out major historical moments, including slavery and the civil rights movement from the program scheduled for February 22nd at Hillcrest High School in Tuscaloosa. The students were told they couldn't talk about slavery and civil rights because one of our administrators felt uncomfortable. That is the crap we are dealing with right now. And you talk about uh, the woke generation, how that's a threat? No, they're not the threat. The threat are people who are trying to rewrite history, and trying to control our minds, and what our kids are exposed to, and what they never learn, and uh, <sighs> scary times ahead. All right, we're out of time. Please write to us, otw at com. We'd love to hear what you have to say, and um, we'll be back next week. Stay tuned for Finn and his special Valentine's Day program. See you next time. Good night. This is WUSB Stony Brook.